Let me ask you a question. Do you have a deep knowing that you're only just scratching the surface of where you're capable of taking your business growth? Are you successful but have some invisible hurdles that are slowing you down? Business growth comes from creating and implementing strategies and frameworks, but strategies and frameworks on their own will not take you to the level I know you desire and are capable of. Living in alignment with your unique human design will help you to attract the abundance you are ready for. And I've just created a free guide to help you understand your unique human design blueprint. It's called the Human Design Advantage, and you can get your copy over at samanthariley.global forward slash advantage. Think about the impact that you would like to have on people using the word experience. You know, what experience would you like them to have? How could they become a better person? And how can you be the catalyst for them to be a better person and just start doing it? Start small. My name is Samantha Riley, and this is the podcast for experts who want to be the unapologetic leader in their industry. We're going to share the latest business growth, marketing, and leadership strategies, as well as discussing how you can use your human design to create success in business and life, inside and out. It's time to take your influence, income, and impact to the level you know you're capable of. Are you ready to make a bigger difference and scale up? This is the Influence by Design podcast. Welcome to today's episode of Influence by Design. I'm your host, Samantha Riley, and I'm really looking forward to today's topic because this is something that is really super duper close to my heart. We're going to talk about building a business by creating experiences. And I think that this is such a fabulous topic because really people remember how you make them feel more than what you tell them. So I've invited a very good friend of mine onto the show today, Michael Maidens, to have this conversation and to drop his wisdom. So welcome to the show, Michael. Thank you for having me. It's great to be here. I'm really looking forward to this. I love this topic because I feel that, well, I've just said it there, right? I just said I feel, and that's what experiences are all about. I'd love you to share before we dive into this topic, what is it that you do now with your clients and how did you get to this point? Because I think that will add some context, you know, as we go into this conversation. Yeah. What I love to do with my clients is I, I really do focus on marketing that feels authentic and true and um, really highlights the human element of this online space. You know, I, I think that one of the things that we sometimes suffer from in this disconnected world, physically disconnected world, is that human experience and that human interaction. So just trying to actually incorporate that into as much of both the things that I deliver and what I help my clients deliver as well. And what sort of clients do you work with? So I work with mainly knowledge-based entrepreneurs that have online businesses. They're predominantly selling online products and that can be courses, coaching programs and, and membership sites. And it also does go into in-person experiences as well, which is which is super, super fun. Now, I know that you've run some amazing retreats and different experiences and I also know that you came from a, a highly logical and system world, like in the software space. Tell us how you made that transition over and when was it that you realized just how important experiences were in your business? Yeah. Okay. So it was about 10 or 12 years ago, back in 2010, that I made the transition away from writing software. And although I absolutely loved the problem solving and the logistics and the, you know, I was writing business software. So I was going into businesses, I was analyzing their businesses, 
Then I was architecting the software solution. I was architecting the database. I was developing the software. You're developing the database and then rolling it out. And that was a huge, big mental challenge, which I enjoyed. And I was even writing software then for different businesses, for different industries, the software that I own that I would sell directly to pharmacies around Australia. And But then I'd realize that you'd have this amazing software sitting on your hard drive, but how would you actually reach the people who needed it the most? Hmm. And that's what led me into then understanding you know, online marketing and you know, the internet obviously being the vehicle to reach more people. What I then did was fell in love with the human psychology of what is really connecting people. And that's what I love about what I'd love about marketing. You know, we get this funny word of, you know, marketing and, you know, it's, it's, it usually bubbles up different emotions in different people, but mm. I really see it as the ability to connect people, you know, so people who have a legitimate problem and people who have a solution. And I, I feel like our marketing journey is this, this bringing together of those two people. And it's also why I love the offer as well. The offer, you know, I do love focusing on the offer first whenever, and I work backwards from there. And it is the thing that brings people together. And, you know, that's what I, I look at them and the type of clients that I resonate with are ones who it is a bit more human to human, not really sort of, you know, a pair of pair of shoes with a, I don't know, I'm trying to think of an example that's, you know, more you know, actual product as in physical products, not sort of people to people products. Yeah. And I love what you just said there about marketing, because I think that, this is the mindset shift that I feel that could really help so many people because I'm sure you hear it too. I definitely hear it a lot is, oh, I hate marketing. I hate sales. If I didn't have to do that, it'd be great. But really, when you think about it, they're the activities that help us to help other people. If we don't market the rest of the world or even just the people that we need to get our information to don't know who we are. So I think that that's a beautiful shift of thinking, well, the more that I do marketing activities, the more people I can serve. And it's not really this horrible, you know, Icky. kind of got this slimy sort of sales yeah. idea wrapped around it. Mm, exactly. And I think that sometimes, yeah, people feel like, like I, I like thinking of marketing as attracting people closer to you. So imagine that you were... You know, your ideal outcome was to have people, you know, pay to come and sit on a seat and you're in a band. Let's say, let's say you're a band and you're, the idea is they sit on a seat and they watch you. They paid to sit on a seat and watch you. Well, there's people off in the distance there that can hear the music, but, you know, they haven't yet paid for a seat, but they're, they're like, oh, that sounds okay. And imagine them just walking closer and closer and closer to you. And then eventually they realize that, oh, wow, there's, you know, there's a band playing there. And next thing, the, the closer they get, the the louder it sounds and maybe the the more they're dancing along to it. And really, if we think of our marketing as just sort of being ourselves, playing, so then we attract the right people. And guess what? You know, the people who don't like that type of music won't get closer. But mm. if we're not playing at all, well, then no one even knew we were around the corner. So totally, we have this job to maybe reframe that energy around, you know, marketing to something that is just sort of inviting you just to play your music and therefore be that sound that can attract the right people. Love it. Let's start off with like experiential marketing. We all know what experiences are. We all know what marketing is, but put together, what could this look like? Yeah. One of the types of marketing that I love to do, and I've I've done a lot of it, is more the experience-based marketing. So my goal with experience-based marketing is that the prospects, you know, before they become a customer, we'll call them a prospect, the prospects have an amazing experience with you 
and they make progress towards their goal even before they become a customer with you. So if we have this focus that I just want to give them a good experience and you know, I like doing that in you know, more intense sort of environments and I've done about 90 different launches along the lines of, of Jeff Walker's product launch formula. So um, that approach where they're experience-based marketing and it's like you give this awesome experience where they can they can feel the togetherness, they can feel the energy and they, they go on this experience and I love to then position it so the offer, so to speak, is the next logical step after they have a good experience. So a lot of the time when we create an experience that we want to make sure that you know they have a great time, but they don't want it to finish either. They don't want this to be the end. We give them an invitation to keep on going, which is why I prefer the word offer rather than you know selling. We're just offering people to continue that experience yep. inside a paid environment then. Totally. So what does that experience look like? You said that, you know, they're having an experience, they're coming together, you know, in, a, in an online space, you know, what does that look like? Is it a challenge? Is it some sort of, you know, daily Zoom that they're coming to? Are they just watching you? What does that look like? Yeah. Okay, cool. So now we're going a little bit, yeah, this is awesome. Love this question. And this, you're now asking about the vehicle of the experience. Now, what I like to do, again, I said before, I like to start the offer. And what the step back from that is I actually like to work out what would they need to believe to be true for the offer to be a no-brainer. So then, you know, when they when they see it for the first time, it already fits perfectly with their beliefs. Now, our journey up to the offer is reverse engineered from that point to make sure that those beliefs are established our marketing is that is that journey. So that vehicle, that experience, that marketing is that journey to establish all those beliefs. Now, what vehicle is the best vehicle to establish those beliefs becomes the question. Mm-hmm. It then depends on the beliefs. And some of the beliefs are, what do they believe about you? What do they believe about them? What do they believe about whether, you know, this particular transformation or transcendence that they can have or you're promising? You know, what do they believe about, you know, the people around them, whether they can even learn this thing online, whether they need, you know, all these different beliefs that they may have to have before your offer is presented to them for that offer to be a no-brainer. So then I work backwards and go, all right, so what vehicle is the best vehicle for that? And it's different for different beliefs. Mm -hmm. Now, if one of the beliefs was, hey, I've got got a a long-term client and she teaches dog training. Mm -hmm. So one one of the beliefs that we need to establish is that it's possible to learn dog training online and because a lot of the times this is done in person and uh, you know the same was true when I actually um, had a tennis coaching online tennis coaching business it was the same sort of thing it's like how can you learn that online you know I think Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. over time you know the internet's come a long way since I first started that in 2009 don't look it up on YouTube but, uh, <laughs> but you know, back then I remember thinking that was a thing. It was like, oh, how can I learn a you know a mechanical in-person you know skill online? And so sometimes that type of vehicle will then need a gap of time. So that's where maybe a video series of one, two, three videos is good because you may give them tasks to go away and try. Mm-hmm. It might be like, cool. All right, so now go and spend five minutes and go and do this, this, this. And you need them to go and... And experience it. Either go to a tennis court or do it for them to believe that. Mm -hmm. So therefore, a a 60 or 90-minute webinar 
you couldn't do that because they don't get to go and experience it. Or maybe they need to reflect, or maybe they need to do a you know a silent meditation or something like that. There might be situations where you know see see how so the vehicle of the experience becomes a little bit of a dance with what uh, beliefs you would like them to have established. Love that so much. Now, there's a lot of different ways that we can create experiences in our business. So we've just talked about marketing, but what about different experiences like, you know, retreats, anything that's like that, and how can we use that in our business? Yeah. I mean, I absolutely love being in person with people. Mm. It was one of the things that I definitely felt writing software by myself Although I, I was able to not have to work in the city when I was writing the software, I was able to, you know, one of my goals was to live on the beach and I yeah, achieved that back 20 years ago. So I was able to go to the beach, you know, nine, 10 times a day while writing software. So mm-hmm. that was kind of, a lot of my answers came, I'd, I'd even, I'd get stuck on something and I'd grab my surfboard, I'd run down the beach and we're literally, at the time was, wasn't even a minute, a minute walk to the beach. And sometimes I'd get there and I'd already have the answer. And I just wouldn't even get in the water. I'd just turn around, and run back and quickly. <laughs> Come straight back. <laughs> quickly code the answer. And if I had a sat there, I would have, it would have taken me hours if, mm. if I even solved it at all. But just that perspective and, and getting away. But what I did realize from the isolation was something that I really craved the in-person. And so just, yeah, having the in-person experience with people, you know, from my experience, hosting them and being participants of in-person retreats and events, the connection there is, it's not even about the information, you know, mm. some people just sit there in the classroom, let's say, and they can't wait for the break because that's what, you know, where the magic happens is, is in the 15 minute break or the the one or two hour time for lunch and all the people that you get to chat to and the conversations and trying to get people back into the room is you watch it, it's like, well, everyone loves it and they're, and they're flowing. Mm. One of the early experiences I had when I f- did my first mastermind retreat, it was a funny experience because you know that the reason why they've joined the mastermind is because of the relationship with you. They know you. And it's easy to think that they've come for you. you know. And I remember going up to that very first day thinking, okay, I'm, I'm going to feel drained by the end of the day. You know, Everyone's going to be you know, wanting a wanting a bit of you know me because you know at the time it was like oh that's that's what they that's who they know, mm-hmm. and I remember walking up there it was like eight o'clock eight fifteen and and I walked in and people sort of waved to me and they they just went back to chatting to the people that they were chatting to uh-huh. and I remember just consciously looking around the room going no one wants to talk to me and this is amazing <laughs> because you know at first you, your apprehension was that oh wow this is going to be so draining but they were just loving chatting to each other mm. and but they're the people that were attracted to me or attracted to the people that they knew that I would bring together so we it's the like-mindedness you're the, the common person or the common thread or the common reason that people are together and they're with each other like you you become the filter so I definitely then observed everyone just having so much energy and feeding off each other. And then my role as the facilitator became almost like you're just mixing energies. Mm-hmm. You know, it's almost like, you know, that person, well, that person, well, you know where they're at. And then you just let it go. And then you're just mixing these energies. And yeah, it was awesome. I also have another retreat that I do, which is actually I consider myself partnering with nature. 
with the other retreat and that's where it's in Fiji and it's on a little island where um, we kite surf for the whole week. Mm-hmm. So the on the island we can kite surf, we can surf, we can do a lot of things. And I believe that nature does a lot of the heavy lifting for me there because it's just such a, you know, obviously an amazing partner to partner with nature. Yeah. Every year that I've had it, the people just cannot wait to come back the following year and it's just getting bigger and bigger each year, which is, it's just people block out their calendars to make it from all over the world. So it's super, super fun. And I would have thought after COVID even more so, like we're all just champing at the bit to get out. Yeah. Now, what you just described there was the first retreat where it's a mastermind where I'm assuming you you brought clients in? Yes. Yep. They were, some of them were just clients. Some of them were long-term clients. So the handful of them were long-term clients, but probably three quarters of them, that was their first, that is how they became a client. Mm. So they became, that was their first, yeah event that they were experiencing with me and they they hadn't been a private client or anything beforehand in that case so yeah so that first and i'm going to break that down a little bit more there with what you just said yep. so the first retreat that you spoke about was with clients the second retreat you spoke about was with business owners and i want to ask you more about the difference of both of those and why you would do them but before i sort of i want to make sure that we shut the gate first on the first one can you explain the difference between like the strategy, obviously, of retention, the strategy of bringing new people in. What was the strategy around running that event for your business? The Okay, now you're asking the question, assuming that I had a strategy. A strategy. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. I do think you're smart. <laughs> <laughs> you mentioned a word, feeling, before. It felt like the right thing to do. Mm. I felt like I wanted to bring people together because I was having all these awesome conversations with people individually. I was, you know, I naturally catch up with people. And I just remember after a while just going, ah, oh, I wish that person was here too. I wish that person was here. And and then realizing that, wow, wouldn't it be awesome if we all did this together and we all joined one, you know, one big conversation, had one great conversation. And yeah, it was and that that led me to you know i i was adding in we were going whale watching and things like that too so yeah i really enjoyed just the bringing togetherness and the you know the better together approach you know the greater if people can hear each other's stories and get into an environment where they feel you know psychological safety you know that's one of the big things mm. to be established in early in these environments for the maximum value to come out and so that's a that's a size, you know, you want to make sure that the size of the group, um, the intimacy of the group, the vulnerability, you know, there's there's times to be so they can feel, you know, the safety of the room as well. And they also feel like that, you know, someone's not just sitting in the back corner taking their ideas and going to run off and mm, you know, mm-hmm. feel their ideas and stuff like that. So really just managing that space and making it feel like a collective experience was was yeah primary as the leader you know you talked about leadings yeah that's something that you just need to yeah you need to do it's something that you hold that space you know the people are looking to you to lead and that's what it starts with you know it starts with the integrity it starts with the you know the the authority to demand the integrity as well and uh, making sure that everyone understood the rules understood that this is a safe space and if you were to share something outside you must ask permission for the people in the room, if you are allowed to, you know, speak of that and really make it, you know, the magic came from people 
actually getting to know each other at that deep, deep level. Mm. I absolutely love doing retreats like you, facilitating but also being part of them. And I think of one, it was actually about eight years ago and I went on a cruise with a group of people and what was it, there was only, I think, on the whole 10 days, there was only one day that was actually planned with, you know, conference actual content and the rest of the time we were just doing our own thing. What I loved, and there was about 80 of us on this cruise, was that every afternoon at about four o'clock, once we'd all come back on the boat from our onshore excursion, everyone would meet in the coffee shop and the conversations that happened on that cruise completely changed my life. Like it was that particular cruise that had me pivot in my business, move from Adelaide to Sydney. It all happened and a whole new group of friends that are now really, really close to all happened from being in that experience because, you know, when it was sort of day upon day upon day, the conversations also kind of layered upon each other and they took on a complete, how do I say it? Like it it took on its own life. Mm these conversations. Yeah, yeah. And I absolutely love that because it's, yeah, there is that that common, you're on a common experience together, which is the thing that bonds you together. And then if you do have these these experiences where it may be the first time for something and so you're both looking shoulder to shoulder towards something, so you're on the same team when you're both having the same external, you know, experience, where, whether it might be, you know, you might have been snorkeling, you might have been going and, you know, watching some of the locals do X, Y, Z or whatever it might be. And you share that first and that becomes this common bond as a human experience. You know, that's what we're these things really anchor in is having a human experience of which, you know, us building businesses is a human experience. A lot of it is a personal growth experience. You know, we get into it for business and then we... It's off. It always is, I think. <laughs> yeah, well, we. I didn't want to... I'm not sure whether the people um, listening... I didn't want to spoil it for them, but this actually just... <laughs> it all is just personal growth. There's not business yeah. growth. It's all just personal growth. Yeah. But yeah, and then you realize, hey, we're all just growing together. Mm. So these, and you were experiencing life together and it's certainly way more fun doing it with people. It's faster to do it with people. You know, people can check your blind spots and yeah. And especially if there's things that get people a little bit on the edge of their comfort zone as well. You know, I've watched some, some good friends like, you know, when they first learned to, you know, kite surf. So they're at day two or day three or day four and they're so frustrated and, and then, you know, the sun's about to set and you just see them giggling like little kids just running up the beach because they they got it and they're just like I know what you're talking about now this is amazing and they're just like their eyes light up and yeah one good friend I think he's thanked me like a hundred times for inviting me on that trip because and it changed his life like he just literally sends me Mm. messages many times a week about all the things how advanced he's taken the sport and all the dimensions of it and it's just you know, I think his wife thanked me. He's just like, he just absolutely just not just love the trip, but it actually is something that he just does between trips as well. So that's so cool. Yeah, that's it, so cool. It's super fun. So the first experience that we talked about that helped to bring in new clients, retain new clients, take clients to a new level. Why then did you offer a retreat with peers? What was the difference between and the idea around offering an experience for peers and essentially people that some people could think of as competitors even? 
Oh, wow. Yeah, I've never thought of the people. Uh, well, yeah. you know, it's not what I would think, but that it could be something that people are thinking. Yeah, well, I suppose that's a – I definitely have never thought of it like that because I believe that oh, – I suppose I just have, have an abundant approach. I believe that, totally. you know, if you lead with abundance, then abundance will respond. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's unique and maybe that's why people loved it so much because it wasn't – it was, hey, you were doing this, you are doing that, what, and everyone was just sharing. It was – like you described as well, it was it was organic learning and organic topics, and you know some of the people had just spent you know a million dollars on Facebook ads in the month leading up to it for their own launch, and just you know multiplied that number several times you know in their revenue just before coming on the island. So they're just sharing, just sharing. Oh, this is what I did. This is the tools that I use. Come and check this out. And yeah, so maybe that was a maybe that's a leadership thing. Then it just mm-hmm. lead with abundance and. I figure that yeah, having the peers together was yeah, what magic could come out of it. And it was cool. It was just cool just to watch all the the collaborations, you know, everyone just featured on each other's podcast, let's say. Everyone mm-hmm, featured mm-hmm. in as guest expert inside of each other's courses. You know, I think I I then went went and spoke on a on one of the stages of you know, six hundred people, you know, only a few months afterwards as well. But those sorts of I don't know, just leading with abundance and not necessarily knowing how the re- universe will return. Mm. You know, it's not necessarily from the same direction and in which it was given, but trusting that you're building up that bank account in that, you know, the the, the universe ledger of, <laughs> in an abundant way. But the thing is, and you did just say it, but I want to reiterate it, that universe ledger, it doesn't work if we go in with an idea of this is what I want to get out of it. Definitely you have to enter into these I guess, like energetic contracts, you could even say, just saying, well, let's see what happens. Totally. You know, we know that good things will happen, but we also can't expect them because as soon as there's an expectation that completely changes the energy that's flowing and then, you know, nothing comes from it. Yeah, 100%. And I know that, you know, when people go to conferences or they go to these experiences, some people go with what they want to get out of it. You know what I mean? They And that was probably written in a book of advice back, I don't know how long ago. I've never gone to one of these experiences with what I what I would like to get out of it. Rightly or wrongly, I've always not done it and I've always wondered whether it was right or wrong. But what I have observed for both myself and seeing the others who obviously had an agenda that they go back to their room and just check to see if they've ticked off all the things that they wanted to get out of the weekend or the or the conference that they may have been a part of. I feel I watch those types of people sort of beeline, you know, to the, I want to talk to that person. Mm -hmm. I want to find three clients or I want to talk to that book author or I want to talk to that person who's done this. And they may get that, which is cool, but what may they have missed out on, which Mm. could have been 10 times better because they had the blinkers on and they may get what they wanted, but they therefore may have missed out on what, was there to be received, which could have been you know, far bigger. It could have been not in your you know, comprehension of what was potentially able to be received because you were you know, so narrow until you get into the environment and then realize, oh, look at this, look at these people, look at these things. Oh, wow, that person's having a conversation about that and that. And, you know, just start to see things through a place of inquiry and uh, wondering, you know, what, what this is all about. And, yeah, that's not something that's, you know, on a schedule of yeah can't be scheduled it's a magic that happens in the moment and you know anchoring back to why what is unique about experiences 
It's that unplanned. It's that magic. It's the container in which the magic can happen. Mm. You know, as you were explaining that, you made me think of a few years ago, I went to a conference over in San Diego and there was someone sitting at another table. And I know you get this, that there was just this energy where I just kept looking at him and he kind of kept looking at me. We'd never met each other. I had no idea who this person was, but I just felt like we needed to speak. Absolutely no understanding of why. We spoke in the first coffee break and just, you know, it was just those conversations that's just like, and we're like, no, he's like, I need to take you to lunch. We have to continue this conversation. And when I think of all the things that have happened from meeting him there and we actually had lunch, it was a three-day conference and we had lunch every day and just what happened from that and what I can track back with the, the hundreds of people that I've met through him because the conversation was so great. I've been asked to be in books because of that conversation. It's exactly what you were saying. You can't force things and you just have to trust your gut and know that or to follow that energy, I guess. Yeah, and there's a bit of trust there. And sometimes trust or confidence comes with experience and we can't get the, we can't, you know, commit to the experience without, you know, the confidence or the, you know, so there's, there is a leap there. You know, there's a, there's a leap and a trust that comes first and then let's, you know, the actions build the outcome, which then, you know, starts that, the affirmation loop of, yes, that was, you know, that was enjoyable, that was successful. People did have fun and then I'll do it again and, and things that happen from there. So, yeah, and, but that's, that's exactly right. I mean, you could probably reflect and say you you actually received way more than what you'd ever imagined or plan or could have oh, planned by hundreds of thousands. Hmm. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, totally. totally. So, Michael, for people that want to stay connected with you, where can they go to learn more about what you do? Yeah, best place is probably my main website, which is michaelmaidens.com, and yeah, you'll see what I'm up to there and all the things that I've. I've got going on, which may change from day to day to week to week. Yeah, being the true manifesting generator that you are, yeah, it probably will change a lot. <laughs> yeah, well, trying to lean into that permission of following the energy and yeah, and and having lots of things that that fill me up from whatever direction that might be. Mm. For people that have listened to this episode and they think and they, you know, I think it's just that. Most of us know that experiences is where it's at, you know, like, you know, I started the episode that, you know, we remember the way that people make us feel. What is something that you want to leave our listeners with in creating experiences? Not how to, not how to at all, but, you know, where to start thinking about adding experiences into their business? Yeah. I mean, the best way is is just to really think about, the hey, the impact that you would like to have on people, what ex, you know, using the word experience, you know, what experience would you like them to have? How could they become a better person, and how can you be the the catalyst for them to be a better person? And maybe look at the look at the world in a in a nicer way. Maybe meet some meet some new people, you know, energize them, and just just start doing it. Start small. I mean, it can just be a a handful of people catching up for coffee, or it could be just a a group Zoom chat and or something like that where you just start you just start bringing people together. One of the things that I did do was created a documentary called The Abundance Code and it was the the approach was you already are abundant just go and be that person and just it doesn't need to even be a paid environment just start the wheels flowing and you'll you'll see the 
the answers on that journey. Love it so much. Thanks so much for joining me, Michael. It's been great chatting with you. Awesome, Norris. Thanks for having me. Thanks for joining me for this episode of the Influence by Design podcast. If you want more, head over to influencebydesignpodcast.com for the show notes and links to today's gifts and sponsors. And if you're looking to connect with other experts who are growing and scaling their business too, join us in the Coaches, Thought Leaders and Changemakers community on Facebook. The links are waiting for you over at influencebydesignpodcast.com.